when you realize the Phoenix Suns could have had a Game 7 today, but you woke up after having that sweet dream of the Phoenix Suns holding the NBA Finals trophy and giving the Finals MVP to either Book or CP, that dream has been crushed, as you would think that we'd be waking up today to see a Game 7, but sadly, that is not the case, and I have to pinch myself back to reality that Giannis Milton holiday uh, with the Bucks and whatnot, won the 2021 NBA championship. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Quartz Heat, QuartzHeat.com. As today, we are talking about a lot. Just because we are, that the NBA Finals concluded two days ago, this is, this is truly be one of my last days talking about the NBA Finals. Today and tomorrow, so Thursday and Friday before the new week starts for us for the podcast on Monday, we're going to still be talking about the finals, so we're still going to be sprinkling in some stuff about the finals, but also what surrounds the Phoenix Suns is beyond the NBA Finals, is beyond the postseason now. They are working in the offseason. Teams are working in the offseason. And our breaking news, our breaking news segment, or just news in general, is not only going to be about injuries. It's not going to be about just the NBA Finals. It's not going to be talking about different players. No, it's talking about real scenarios that could happen Best friends uniting, cap space becoming a trouble, becoming a troublesome for the Phoenix Suns. What to do with DeAndre and what to do with all these different players. Mikel Bridges is an easy decision. Will you sign or will you not? What are you going to do with DeAndre and what are you going to do about THT? What are you going to be doing if you're the Lakers, right? And... Uh, and if you do not know who THT is, that is his nickname. He plays for the Lakers. I believe his name is, oh, I know his name is Horton Tucker. Um, Talon Horton Tucker. If I pronounced your first name um, wrong, I do apologize on that. But I'm going to call him Horton Tucker just so I'm not pronouncing names wrong because that is bad. And I do not want to sound like it. Like, all of a sudden, someone's like, you know you're saying that name wrong the entire time. Like, uh, like Rick Carlisle, before I pronounced his last name correctly, I went an entire podcast episode pronouncing his last name wrong because I thought that's how you did it. I can't remember what I called his last name, like how I pronounced it, but it's Rick Carlisle. See, I got that corrected, but yeah, you never want to be... Sounding like an idiot, especially when this is going to be recorded in front of an audience on different stream platforms. And it's like, you can't erase it now. So, it's like one of those things where it's tough. If you guys can, like, picture that. If you guys can imagine that, right? But, before we jump into the breaking news, into the drama, to the thrillers, to the emotion, roller coasters. Before we even talk about the NBA Finals again, because... The NBA Finals are predicating upon what the Phoenix Suns do. And I have an interesting question I want to ask you guys, the audience, the listeners. 
about the finals, about the Phoenix Suns in general. But before we get to that, let's talk about social media. Social media, as I've said in numerous um, podcast episodes, how handy social media has gone to interact with different people, whether you're close to them or they're just complete strangers, but you found interest in sports in different categories like um, like movies, TV shows, gaming, whatever. Whatever categories are out there that you found interesting, you're able to relate to one person. Well, social media, since in the beginning or mid of 2000s coming in live, they are in full force where you're just able to interact with everyone able to share the next thing, able to like the next thing, so you know what, I agree with that, or I don't agree with that, or I really like that, I really didn't like that, it's really cool, so right now, it's the biggest time to be on social media, because you're getting fast updates everywhere, and that's where courtside heat is, look, we know you want fast updates, we know when news is being broken, that we need to be the first reported because news come in and out as fast as anything does in the free agency world, right? But how do we do that? And where do you, where can you guys find us? Look, if we're going to give you great content, great breaking news, great relatable articles and whatnot, you have to be able to find us. Of course, you can go to courtsayheat.com. Or courtsideheat.medium.com to go, if you're a Medium fan, you don't want to go to our website, just go to courtsideheat.medium.com or just go to Medium, just look up Heat. you'll be able to find us. We have all of our articles as we're importing all of them back, but all of the relevant ones, all the new ones are back and even old ones. But for Courts of Heat, we have everything from shops, from our store, to long form, short form, in between, middle uh, type forms of articles. We have that. We have breaking news. We have individual pieces of players, of teams, of coaches, of anything and anyone that we can. We talk about everything. And heck, I even talked about the exhibition games that Team USA faced. You remember to Nigeria, to Australia, to all these different teams? We talked about that in some respects on social media. But if you do not want, if you do not have time or do not feel like going to a website or to Medium, totally understandable. That's why we're on Twitter.com. Twitter.com slash Heat is where you're able to get all the fast breaking news, all of the live updates, especially in games, just in a hectic day that happens in the normal NBA calendar, right? We're there. We post everything. So just go to Courtside Heat. Um, just go to Twitter.com slash Courts here. Just look up Courts of Heat on Twitter. And that's the same that goes for Instagram. If you're people that like to look at photos or different things like that, we have it there. We have that also going to Tumblr or Facebook. Instagram.com slash Courts Heat NBA. 
Facebook.com slash Courtside Heat, Tumblr.com slash Courtside Heat, and Parlor. We're starting to get back up there, but their app is still being very funky and very new. And it, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's an app that we're definitely going to be posting on again, but it's not going to be as reliable as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, those places. Of course, the website, courtsaheat.com or courtsaheat.medium.com, right? Now, if you could not remember anything I just said, that's fine. I can't remember it. Heck, I can't remember any of my social media accounts at times, like all my handles. I don't think anybody realizes how many social media accounts Courtsy truly has. So to make everybody's lives easier and just not having to cram all the information inside our brains, just go to the Google machine, go to google.com and type in Courtsite Heat, one word, Courtsite Heat, and you'll be able to pull up the website, CourtsideHeat.store, our Macari store. Um, you're able to pull up courtsheat.com slash store, our main store on courtsheat.com. You'll also be able to pull up our spreadsheet, uh, our spreadsheet, uh, not a spreadsheet, but spread store on, on our platform, on our website, and just on Google. But then, of course, all of our, all of our different social media accounts, like the top four that I just described, especially parlor and of course the reason how you're listening to the podcast right now is through either soundcloud spotify itunes and even google podcast we truly appreciate when people listen on google podcast because not enough people do listen on google podcast and i believe that is amazing that and itunes and soundcloud has been picking it up too tons of you guys have been listening a lot of reoccurring listeners, which is tremendous. We all appreciate you. It's truly amazing we're able to see that because it actually means you like our opinions and we're just not ranting on about the Phoenix Suns every single podcast episode. I felt like I've been doing that the past few days. Either way, I really don't care, right? When it's just one voice talking into a microphone for about an hour, I could talk about whatever I want. I could rant about the Phoenix Suns. Heck, I can't even talk about Tom Brady's legacy for an hour. No one can stop me. Not when I'm in the studio recording, which is a beautiful thing when it's just you, a microphone, and your open minds uh, wondering what's going to happen next in the sports world, right? But besides all of that, that's where you're able to find um, all of our different social medias. And real quick, it was Spreadshirt. Spreadshirts where... You were able to find Quartz of Heat's uh, clothing store, right? It was not Spread Shop or Spread Store, whatever I said. Whatever I was trying to get out of my uh, brain, right? But it was Spreadshirt. So go to Spreadshirt.com, type in Quartz of Heat, or just go into CourtsofHeat.com and click the Spreadshirt link. It's embedded into our website on one of the tabs listed below, and you'll just be able to order through them on our website, which is truly amazing if you think about it. But that is our social media. Now look, Phoenix Suns fans, fans of the NBA, fans of sports in general, where you're trying to get more, I don't know what the right word, but more 
deep, more into basketball, or you don't know where to begin, or you just don't know what to think of the Phoenix Suns. Look, no one knows what to think of the Phoenix Suns. When Devin Booker was drafted in 2015, it was like, was this going to be hope? How was this Kentucky player that was just coming off the bench, not being who he is today, or even his first or second or third season, right, coming into the NBA, how was he going to be? We didn't know how it was going to be, but year by year as the Phoenix Suns organization went on, there was hatred coming from Sarver that fans could not take it anymore. Critics were just harping on him. Rules had to be made about him. Look, the Phoenix Suns were in a bad place a few years ago. But then in the 2019 season, you saw the NBA bubble. You saw... You saw the Phoenix Suns' first year of Monty Williams really be something special. It opened up a new window of opportunity. And then we went to the 2020 season, which I believe this was, this um, pretty much was this season, right? And you just saw Monty Williams' second year, and you saw the playoffs, and you saw Chris Paul explosive in the regular season. And look... If you don't know what to make of the Phoenix Suns blowing a 2-0 lead, look, all I'm going to say before I talk about this is that when your team went home court, they went home court. The uh, Suns did it, then the Bucks did. That tied it to a piece. The Suns were just not able to capture the third uh, home game. Just couldn't, but they had every opportunity to win one of those three games before the elimination game, right? But I'm not going to talk about that yet. But in the making, I've dressed this on last week's podcast edition, right? It's about our in up and coming in progress ebook about the Phoenix Suns. Look, the Phoenix Suns organization is a messy organization. It's a interesting and intriguing topic to discuss, to talk about, to try to actually depict. Uh, because it's not an easy one. It's not like you can say, well, the Lakers, all they needed was LeBron and AD right after Kobe retired, right? Or the last time the uh, Lakers won a championship, and I want to say it was like year 2008 or 2009. Please correct me if I am wrong. That would be embarrassing, right? Or it's not like the Chicago Bulls with the Jordan answer or with the... Uh, Scotty Pippen answer, right? You, it it was different, or you can't even apply that to the you can't even apply it to the Knicks, like what the Suns are going through, right? But for the Suns, it's messy. So with our book, we're detailing from 2018 to 2021 now, from regular seasons to the first postseason we had in a decade. It. It truly is amazing. We pick out the key points. We pick out the defining moments. We pick out everything that happened in each year's free agency that hit the uh, Suns hard in the positive and negative connotation, right? It truly is amazing. This book is going to be live on Amazon, live everywhere as an ebook for a few bucks. As you're able to see in 10 to 11 chapters of the Phoenix Suns history, 
since 2018 be explained, broken down through statistics, data, facts, our opinion, just seeing game by game performances. This is truly amazing for the average fan, or the intense fan, or just the beginning fan. Whether you're room for the Phoenix Suns or you despise them with all your heart and soul like Scott Foster did with CP and the Phoenix organization. Right, but this book's really cool. This is up and coming. We got done with the third chapter. We got we've fallen behind because I got sick. I don't I don't know if you guys remember. I believe it was two Sundays ago, right? Where I came down with sickness and I was out for almost an entire week of podcasting and I was not able to work on the site that much or the book, but we're now back in full force. We're ready to rock this thing. We're writing it. I'm doing it live. It's amazing. This book details everything and this is a realistic book. This is not a biased book. Meaning, this is not a biased book that will say, well, the Phoenix Suns, sure, they lost in the NBA Finals, but they were the underdogs to the biased referee. No, we're, we're going to cut all of that silliness out. No, this is a realistic book that has shown 50-50 sides. We're neutral. We're, we're looking, we're being critical on the Phoenix Suns. Whether that shines a positive or negative or neutral light upon this team, we're just showing you what's happened year by year, game by game, especially in the NBA bubble. We break it all down, and we have to talk about the painful experience that we had to go through in each series leading up to the NBA Finals, and then losing in the NBA Finals and seeing what we can expect from the Phoenix Suns next year. So expect the book to be making more announcements as, as we come through. Because I'm excited as ever for this book. I hope you guys can hype that we're going to be making more announcements. Because it may not make sense right now as you're listening to it. But I promise you, as we're making more announcements on social media, on this site. And we're revealing the cover art. And we're revealing titles. And we're revealing everything. It will make more sense. And it will get you guys hyped up more. But trust me, this is going to be an experience from a book that no other publisher, no other insider could ever provide. And that is a fact. And it truly is amazing. So be patient on that. We're going to bring up many updates upon the next week as we're hoping to get it done before the uh, before for our 30 day uh checkpoint is up meaning before 30 days is up so from um july 22nd to next month i believe oh don't fail me now isn't isn't that oh come on what is i don't know why my brain's everywhere today but yeah august of 22nd to the 22nd right august of 22nd that is our deadline but we're going to keep getting out more and more um content about the book and different things like that but that is that we just wanted to bring light on this i wanted to talk about it but be prepared for this this will suit everyone but this is the but this is going to be 
what we're focusing on. The main objective of the Phoenix Suns is to win a championship. And we're detailing the process because not everything can be taken at face value. Especially with the Phoenix Suns. People forget about the NBA Finals. I mean about the NBA bubble. Or they underestimate it because there's key parts to NBA bubble that people never discussed. There's key parts to drafting Giannis over Luka Doncic, or having Ricky Rubio as our point guard, or even having some of the worst players on our on our, on our team actually play or staffing, or the significance of Monty, uh, Monty Williams. It truly is amazing. We'll give out more details. But as I want to continue, uh, continue this conversation along, this podcast episode long, let's end it there because 20 minutes has already gone to talking about and promoting social media, the website, courseheat.medium.com, courseheat.com. Of course, you know where to find us just by looking us up on Google, courseheat, one word, social media, stores, shops, everything. Truly amazing. Go check us out and let's get started in the in the process. In the process of free agency. We're in the offseason. This is day one of the offseason. I'm I'm excited. People underestimate free agency. Like people sometimes don't truly grasp the concept. Like, they don't understand the reality behind free agency. People believe big names in free agency, once they're gone, all else is lost. I I simply don't believe that to be true. Dennis Schroeder is not a big name, but he is a player name, meaning he is a name that is recognized in the NBA as a good point guard and a good point guard to help out a team that desperately needs a point guard like the Bulls. So that's something interesting. Even though a player is not a big name or a good name, or no, I shouldn't say a good name, but a huge name, right? It doesn't mean they provide value. It doesn't mean that they don't provide their own skill set, their own uniqueness, their own um, their own skills on the court to make a team better. That simply is not the case where we have to get in the mentality of once all the big names are gone, then that's it. And I'm talking about the Damian Lillards. I'm talking about the Chris Pauls, the even DeAndre and as we're talking about him. All the different players. Look, it's going to be interesting what happens in free agency. And I just wanted to get that cleared up because I wanted to talk about that. I saw that was interesting because it was something on my chest I wanted to get off. And I apologize if that made no sense because my mind was going in different places. But that's how I really feel. And if you guys have not gauged down this podcast, most of the stuff I say on this podcast, I truly feel... Especially when reporting it. If I don't feel a certain way on it, I'm like, well, we're going to skip past that. But when I'm going in depth about it, I feel a certain way about it. Uh, now ask me about Ben Simmons and his jump shot. I can have an hour podcast about that. I don't think you guys want to hear me about Ben Simmons for an hour. I may make your ears bleed after a while. But still, I'll 
but I put that to the test. That being case in point, that's a great example, right? But before we get into free agency, we're already looking to the betting odds of the 2022 NBA Finals. Like, when can we ever just enjoy a day of just having the Bucks being champions or being whoever being champions, right? The Bucks won, but now we're talking about a team that the Bucks won after being down 2-0 to that team in the conference semifinals. And that is the Brooklyn Nets. The favorites to win the 2022 NBA Finals are the Brooklyn Nets with their big free, with Blake Griffin, with Joe Harris, with everyone. And it's going to be very interesting what the Nets look like when they're healthy with a more healthy James Harden, with a more healthy uh, Kyrie Irving, right? Injuries did play a role. COVID did play a role. But for majority of the teams in, in the NBA, that's also taking effect on them. The Suns are a great example. Chris Pod shoulder injuries, COVID-related illnesses. Or if he was uh if he was symptomatic or not, or and you look at Devin Booker's broken nose, campaigns twisted ankle, stereosurgics torn ACL, different injuries like that. Tory Craig's knee. If you were to break it down, injuries can affect any team. More players can be affected on one team than the other. I'm not disputing that. That would be crazy for me to try to disagree with that argument or claim, right? But I'm just saying, injuries happen to the best of teams, the good of teams, and the worst of teams. It just does. But the Nets are your favorites to win the 2022 2022 NBA Finals. That's going to be interesting. I'm not going to forget about that one. And you know what? Could they be true? Could the betting odds be true? But I'm not taking any saying seriously or legitimate yet because that's just fan favorites right now. Because here's the truth of the matter. This is only the first day after the NBA Finals or two days after the NBA Finals. And it's like, look, um, you can't really predict that now. We have no idea what teams are going to be shaped up after free agency market comes and goes after draft on July 29th goes um it's going to be very it's going to be very interesting who wins the 2022 NBA finals but I'm not going to put any legitimacy on the Nets yet I have to see how they produce but I thought that was interesting I saw I would throw it in the mix of our breaking news now, oh boy, I apologize for the player I am about to talk about, and I am pulling his uh, name up. He was drafted um, this uh, this past draft, right? Um, yeah, he was drafted by the Atlanta Hawks in the first round of the sixth pick, and his name is Oyeka Oyang oh boy Oyeka Onyoka I I'm 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 so sorry right now I can't pronounce the Hawks sixth pick in the first round their first round pick um but the Hawks first round pick um 
underwent surgery to repair, to repair a torn labrum in his right shoulder, and he's expected to recover in approximately six months. So he's going to be rehabbing. He's going to be out for six months, and it's really going to be interesting because... Because while he only produced four points of free rebounds in only 12 minutes for 50 games that he played in for the Hawks, I believe he's going to have a good role, whether that's going to be on the bench or not, especially as a big man. I believe he's, is he a forward? Yeah, he's a power forward, center, right? So it's going to be interesting how the Hawks uh, have him back into the rotation. But I just thought that was interesting. That that hurts for a player, for a young 20-year-old to come in and already have injuries affecting his career. That is not what you want to see. But it is going to be interesting because John Collins, remember, he's going to be in free agency. He's going to be testing free agency. Clint Capella is not going anywhere. He's, he's a solid center for... The Hawks, I call him an underrated center. People and I can agree to disagree. I'm fine with that. I'm just putting my uh, opinion out there. But Bogdan Donovich, look, I would have... I would have Bogdan starting and then having Onyeka or the Hawks' first-round draft pick having starter-like minutes, depending on how he produces in rehab, depending how... He's developing under Nate McMillan. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. And that's one thing you have to check out with the Hawks and whatnot. Because people can also say about the Hawks, like, were the Hawks lucky this year just to make it to the conference finals against the Bucks due to injuries? But the injuries plugged them, like the Trey Young injury. And then, of course, the Clint Capella um, face-eye injury, right? Didn't really affect them. It, it didn't it might have stunned him, but didn't take him out of the game, right? But still, bringing up a valid injury that did occur during the postseason, during that uh, conference final uh, series, right against the Milwaukee Bucks. So it's interesting when you break it all down. But Oyeka, or I'm I'm sorry, however you pronounce his name, I'm not doing this on purpose, but. I'm not going to try to make any more attempts as I may be botching it. But you get it. The player, he, I just, yeah, that's going to be interesting how he recovers from that. Now he's going to bounce back. It may sound weird how I'm putting it now, but it's going to be interesting what Naomi can do for him. Because what if John Collins leaves and then Bogdanovich stays, and they don't draft a power forward or get someone in free agency, and they want to get um, this, uh, the first-round draft pick a chance, why not do that? It's going to be interesting how Nate Mellon feels about how he wants to set up, how the front office wants to set it up. But yeah, that is where we'll be right now. And just as a side note, if anybody can hear outside noise, for this podcast, as I'm trying to go into like, to a quieter room, there is right now rain happening outside my studio, outside my door, outside my window. This is a, a lot quieter, right? But still, I just noticed that. So if you heard rain in the background 
or Thunder. Right now, Arizona's been crushed by monsoon season. And, yeah, rain is just happening. It, it's supposed to be raining um, first today, Friday, and Saturday. So, yeah, expect really good weather Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday if you live in Arizona. But besides that, yeah. But I don't know why I, got, I, I don't know why I got off topic like that. But yeah, I just wanted to address that. So you guys weren't thinking like, what's happening in like, what's happening in the background? Like, why is there all the like, those clinging? Like, what does that like? Why is it sounding that way? But yeah, going on to our second or third breaking news. This is like this like both of these breaking news. Revolve around the Lakers, Dennis Schroeder, Russell Westbrook, and Chris Paul. In the long and short of it. So, Chris Paul ruled out retiring this season. He has confirmed that he has no intentions of retiring. He wants to try to run it back. Try to hopefully get back in NBA Finals or just be with a team that's good. Now, he has not ruled out the um, option of going to the Lakers or staying with the Suns for another season. But what I will say is, if he does opt out of his player option with the Phoenix Suns, then the Lakers have him high on their list to try to acquire through free agency to have as their new point guard. And there's a lot of interesting takes because you'll have... Best friends LeBron and Chris Paul playing, and of course Anthony Davis. But then it's gonna be LeBron's way, not Chris Paul's way. Like he's been able to have throughout the entire uh Suns Suns season, it was Chris Paul's way, or no way. And even Devin Booker gave a forty over to Chris Paul, where it's like, okay, let's see what you can do, and it worked out the first season very well, might I add, but. Both Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook are on the list of the uh, of the Lakers. If it's going to be through sign trade for uh, for Westbrook or just signing Chris Paul, but if I'm Chris Paul, and this is not because I'm a Phoenix Suns fan, I would stay with Phoenix because you've had more voice and more control than any other team that you were on. Russell, uh, Russ did not want to listen to you. Uh, Blake Griffin did not want to listen to you, but you're able to control this Phoenix Suns way, um, and young core team in general. Just say, you know what? This is what I see for positive or for negative. This is what I see, and this is how we should play. This is how we should operate. And you got to touch the rock more, you got to touch the ball more. And it was, he had more control. It was his veteran presence. And I don't believe he's going to get that from the Lakers. Right? I truly do not believe that. Now, on the flip side of it, um, moving off of Chris Paul real quick, and we're going to talk about him some more when we talk about the Phoenix Suns. But the Lakers also put Russell Westbrook on their list to try to acquire. And if Russell Westbrook who might be a sign-and-trade, let's say he was to be a sign-and-trade, for the Lakers to get him, this was projected, and this was confirmed by different sources, right? They would need to put up Kuzma, 
THT and Schroeder. That's a lot for Westbrook before the Wizards. Let's say it actually goes through. Kuzma's a bust. THT has slight potential where he's shown his effect, uh, his ability to be effective on the court. I'm actually going to be looking up his stats. Wasn't bad in tw- It's bad, but it's not bad. He has to get more consistent with shooting. But he in tw- sixty five games they played, he uh, he produced nine points, two rebounds, and two assists. That's not bad for being on a team of ball hogs and just saying, "Look, it's gonna go for this part majority of the time." So for Titch to just get that, his shooting should have been more consistent. But as things go. It's not bad. So he's slight potential. Maybe under the Wizards' new head coach, it can be different. I I certainly believe it could be something. I certainly believe that trade package could happen. But the truth be told here, that's still a lot. Kuzma's a bomb. I'm just going to put it out there. I've never been a Kuzma guy. Right? No matter how you object to that or how you try to defend Kuzma he's just really not THT has slight improvement has slight potential right but Schroeder Schroeder would be a great point guard to get back because Westbrook likes to fill the stats he'll pass it to LeBron he'll pass it to Anthony Glassman Davis he'll pass it to his guys he'll get the rebounds he just wants the triple doubles that's what he's after Especially for this part in his NBA career. And if he's able to tack on a ring with that, that would be huge for his career. And for the Lakers, that's also great appeal for Chris Paul. not only playing for his best friend, but having high chances of winning a ring with that franchise. Since they did in 2020 before the Bucks won in 2021. So it's different. It's a different perspective to look at it. But you're basically saying, look, the Lakers are saying to themselves, we can get rid of two bums and a player that had a really messy relationship with us. I'll do that all day for Westbrook and whoever they're having to give up in return. Because you know they're going to give up some cash, draft picks, etc., etc. You know there's going to be draft rights being swapped. Uh, if the, if there's going to be draft picks protected, unprotected, and the top three protected, or anything like that, right? You know there's going to be exchange about that. It's not going straight up for those three guys and then getting a return Russell Westbrook. There's going to be a, a mutual balance on both ends, but that would be great for the Lakers to get rid of two bad players in a messy relationship that they'll end with Schroeder. Westbrook would be great to have, especially for passing and rebounding. And scoring, he's going to be put in his place by AD and LeBron and whoever else they're going to have on that roster, which is going to be something to consider. But I think Westbrook would adapt to that. I think Westbrook would be all right with that, whether that be for a season or two. It can't get any worse for him besides James Harden, right? The beard just took every single shot. That's why... He just was able to score a majority of the time, have those high score years because every single shot was almost his every single time. But it, but it worked, right? But that's something to keep out for. 
That's something to keep out for sure. Chris Paul's going to be an interesting one. We have no idea what we have to do with him. What the Suns have to do with him, but also with Russell Westbrook. I have a feeling, like we were, like it was being discussed with Dennis Schroeder, I actually believe some of these acquisitions and free agency is going to come through signing trades to benefit both teams. And that's a smart way of doing it, too. That's a very smart way because you just never know how you're going to be able to fare in the NBA market, right? And that's smart, especially for the Wizards, because they're in a tricky situation right now. If they get rid of Westbrook and they get a shooter or they get a good point guard, then Royal Hachimori is going to come back, right? He's going to be bound back from injuries, right? And But this team needs a great shooter. Bradley Beals is a good shooter. He's not a great shooter, but did, could you build a team around Bradley Beal? I believe so. Bradley Beal can put up some um, impressive nights, have some great shooting, but even he's inconsistent in some games. You just need that one player that can define your franchise and help you win games and take you to that next level. Because Bradley Beal, for much as we want to blame their former head coach, maybe that wasn't always the case. But I believe if the Wizards want to be successful, I believe Schroeder and Beal would be amazing together. I honestly believe that. I honestly believe teams will also be reaching out about Bradley Beal unless they determine him untouchable. Like, where they're like, we're never considering trading him. And that would also be a smart decision because I also believe Brad Bill provides a lot of um, worth and value to that organization. This season alone, he averaged in 35 minutes, 31 points off of 48% from the field, four rebounds and four assists. That's not bad. In his, in his last uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games, um, really eight games because he wasn't able to play, May 14th for the 12th, he was shooting over, um, he had over 20 points per game. In his last game on June 2nd against Philly, before getting eliminated 4-1, to one, was 32 points. So the w- Wizards had a shot advance at at a shot trying to get to the next round. Now it was against the 76ers and the 76ers were better well matched despite the Joel Embiid injury and having to put your confidence in Ben Simmons. But for some odd reason Tobias Harris and Seth Curry, the um younger brother of Wardell Curry was able to go off for 20 30 point nights which was exactly what the Wizards needed, but they still got overpowered by Philly. I mean, I'm sorry, that Philly overpowered the Wizards. And that was, that was what Philly needed. But yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy when you think about it. So I would keep Beal. I would not try to put him on the trade block. I don't, I don't think the Wizards have any intentions of doing that. No one's got a feeling or, the, or itch of that yet, right? They never got any insider on that. But you just never know. But I would say no on Beal. Yes on Westbrook being traded. I was never a big fan of Westbrook. I just thought he just tried to chase stats and just tried to go with the flow to benefit himself. And I get it as an NBA player. You have to position yourself that way for money, 
for greatness and likability, but still, he was not able to help any of his teams, especially when OKC formed a great team, a great super team around Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka, James Harden, when he was coming off as a six-man, he won one uh, six-man-a-year award, right? When he had all those different players, it was really interesting how that team fared and how they lost in the NBA Finals to, I want to say, the Spurs. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting for sure. I'll keep you guys posted on that end as that is the last of our breaking news. Um, look, we have to talk about the pay for reality. Whether you've been rallying behind the Valley for this year, for past few years, or you just gotten into sports in general featuring the Phoenix Suns or the Milwaukee Bucks, you have to feel for the Suns. They won home court. They just could not do anything else when Milwaukee got a full steam, when they were feeling it, right? But let me tell you this. Here's why the Suns making it to the NBA Finals, and people can put out their opinions and arguments on whether the Phoenix Suns only got there due to injuries and players not being able to form um, better because due to injuries and due to COVID, due to restrictions, Look, that's all well and good, but I still believe the Suns were a postseason team. I still believe the Suns were an NBA Finals contender. And it's not me being biased, but just by looking at the numbers and the statistical improvement that was brought by Chris Paul alone, it, it truly was amazing to look at that team with the enhancement of not only on the player side, but on the coaching side. It truly brought in a new culture for that season. And that was something that elevated the Phoenix Suns. And I truly, from the bottom of my heart, believe that whether I was for the Suns or against the Suns. But here's the thing. Here's why making it to the NBA Finals was such a huge success. And sure, we can talk about how the Phoenix Suns are two games away from winning a championship, where they may never get that opportunity again. It took them 28 long years just to get to this opportunity, and they had a better opportunity this time than they did against Jordan, Pippen, right against the Bulls as a whole, when they had uh, Charles Barkley, uh, Sir Bar- uh, Sir Charles Barkley, right? But it's interesting when, it, when you look at all of this, but the reason why it was such a huge su- success, because win or lose in the NBA Finals, who in their absolute right mind would say Phoenix Suns are going to go and be in the NBA Finals and make it contestable and thrilling and emotional for six games? Um, like I said last podcast episode, I would have laughed you out of the room. I thought that would have been idiocy. I thought that I thought that would have been just dumb, but. And then again, we were dealing with a different element of the Phoenix Suns at that time. And I'm not saying that we can look at the Phoenix Suns and say, look at this young core, look at this team. They're going to make many um, NBA Finals runs or postseason runs. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's going to be much harder for the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference. I'm not going to doubt that. I'm not going to question that. That's just truth. Because the Mavericks are going to begin better. The Clippers, 
they're going to be getting better. The Nuggets are going to be more healthy. The Jazz are going to be more healthy. The Lakers are going to be more healthy and making improvements. And then with the playing tournament coming back, I see how that can benefit uh, 9th and 10th seed teams. But still, and you're adding the competition and like the Warriors. Clay's coming back. I don't know if they're moving James Wiseman or not. I don't know what they're doing. Curry's coming back on a multi-year deal worth around $210 million, right? Pelicans are going to make it interesting with Zion and whatnot. It's, um, Christian Wood's going to be interesting because the only reason why the Rockets were bad because Christian Wood was out for 20-plus games when they went on their 20-plus uh, losing streak. Look, I'm not saying that the Phoenix Suns are going to choke it. They're not going to make the even the playing tournament. But it's been proposed and it's been confirmed that the playing tournament's come back. But look, I don't expect the Phoenix Suns to be a playing tournament team. I expect them to be in the postseason. Now, will they get an opportunity again to be in the NBA Finals? That's going to be interesting because you have to go up against the likes of the Jazz, or the Nuggets, or the Clippers, or the Mavericks, or even the Lakers or Warriors, right? Those are tough, tough teams. And then, even if you make it to the NBA Finals again, you may have to uh, defend yourself against the defending champs in the Bucks or the Nets, or the Hawks, or even the 76ers. The East has it more under control than the West because the West could be getting a lot tougher for trying to find their new identity in the Phoenix Suns, right? And I'm not saying this team's going to go completely broke after going to NBA Finals. I'm not implying that at all. I'm just saying it's going to be much tougher, but making it to the NBA Finals gave great hope for the Phoenix Suns for their fan base saying, look, with the addition of Jay Crowder and Chris Paul and Monty Williams as a great head coach, a great speech, uh, a great speech presenter, a great motivational speaker, it was truly amazing. We had hope. For the first time in 11 years, in the first time in 28 years, we had playoff aspirations and we had NBA Finals nerves. Something we did not feel until we, until last time we had Charles Barkley going up against Michael Jordan. Truly amazing to, to, to really know, and that's significant, that a team that made really good trades and signings where they texted Jay Crowder and said, we need you, both, uh, both Paul and Booker, saying that they needed Crowder, which they legitimately did. Because they knew they needed him. Because he's an underrated role player that should be praised more by his amazing talents that he has. Shooting the ball very well and being a sixth man, right? But here's the thing. I believe the Suns are going to be in the postseason again. Will it be the NBA Finals? I'm not going to speculate on that. But it's significant for the Phoenix Suns because it's a step in the right direction. It's a step about... About this young core. But it also takes us into different places. And I'm going to talk about that featuring Chris Paul, DeAndre, and Mikael Bridges. 
But first, I want to pose the question I've been wanting to ask all podcast long, all 51 minutes long, and that is, should we be focusing, should we be focusing on the season, season or the series that feature the box? Look, I'm going to take the season. For the Suns, I'm taking the season. Why? Because, sure, being two games away from winning a championship hurts. Without a shadow of doubt in my mind, it does. It pains me to think about that. It pains me to see or hear every single time where the Suns could have won it. The Suns could have done it. Could have been up three wins to Milwaukee's two or even their one win before the Milwaukee even had a chance of getting the free points. I get it, but let me tell you this. I look at this season and I say, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayn, Chris Paul all, all gelled together. Uh, through Chris Paul's um, leadership, through Mario Williams' greatness of head coaching and able to shine and really show what kind of coach Monty Williams really is. It was truly amazing. And there was a lot of great moments for the Phoenix Suns in their regular season. I take the regular season over that one series. Now, now it does come down to who wins the championship, yes. But the Phoenix Suns played better in the regular season, which made them go into the postseason. And not by NBA playing tournament, but by being a second seed team in the Western Conference, being behind the Jazz in in front of the Nuggets. Let me check it. Yeah, I was right. We were only one game behind first, and we had four games up on the Nuggets that separated from second and third. Right? I'm just I'm just saying, it's truly amazing when you look at it because. People can be down about the the Phoenix Suns now. Like, what are we going to do? We're not in panic mode. I don't believe we're in panic mode. I feel highly confident in this team heading into uh, the next NBA season in three months. I truly believe that. I also believe when you look at the season as a whole, there's more optimistic, more positive things to say about the Suns in the regular season than negative. We really gelled. We just crippled in the NBA Finals. We crippled the pressure into Chris Paul's injuries and just nervousness. That's what it came down to. Even in Game 6, we were struggling. But soon when Giannis felt himself and when the Bucks felt themselves, it just flipped a different switch that we could not overcome, right? So when looking at the season as a whole... I see many more defining reasons to say the Phoenix Suns are not a one-and-done team that have waited 11 long years for this. Actually, it's the opposite. I believe this young core has more to prove and more hunger than ever to get back to that stage. And I believe they're going to be picking up 40, 50 wins next season if they're keeping DeAndre, if they're keeping Paul, Mikel, different things like that. We're going to talk about that. Because oh, everything could change, but still, Booker has shown that he can rise up in clutch situations. Being the first player to ever hit back-to-back 40-point games um, in NBA Finals. Let me actually check that again. I, the way I said that just did not sound right. Yeah. Yeah, so 
Devin Booker is the only player in NBA history to drop 40 plus, uh, 40 plus point points in back-to-back finals games and lose both games. That hurts. That hurts. That's going to haunt him, but at least they showed how resilient and how brave Devin Booker was to say, you know what, I'm not backing down. I don't care if, the, if I have to go for a wall of Giannis, if I have to do something just to get life back into our team. That's huge. We just fell under the NBA Finals, and DeAndre did not play well in the NBA Finals. He did not look aggressive. The physicality was not there. He was mentally scared and weak and timid in front of Giannis and even Brooke Lopez and even Bobby Portis. Legit. It's just truly insane when you break it down. But in terms of season or the series, I take season by all the reasons I've just uh, listed. But But here we go. The Phoenix Suns. This offseason have a whole lot of work to do and a whole lot of strategizing. The future of Chris Paul and rookie extensions featuring Mikkel Bridges and DeAndre Ayn. Look, we can't do anything about Chris Paul right now because let's say Chris Paul, Chris Paul has this in the palms of his hand. Meaning Chris Paul has... The player option, not the team option, but the player option where he's able to see, say, well, you know what? I want to go with this team. I'm opting out or I'm staying with the Phoenix Suns or I'm going to continue opting in. Or it could be a situation where he opts out and asks for more money from the Phoenix Suns in more years. Because here's the thing for the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul's aging. We all know that. We cannot be... uh, timid or afraid to speak on that, right? If you're going to sign him to a long-term contract, do it for three years because at least he'll be 40 years old when his contract, 40, 41 years old when his contract comes up. Try to run it back. But here's the thing. There's a lot of question marks now. And this is just two days after the NBA Finals. And when I'm trying to break this down all my head, looking at everything that happened, it's tough. It's really tough on what you have to assess. And if I find it tough as a normal fan and podcaster, imagine what the front office is doing, is trying to combat in their head. But here's the thing I have to always say. If you're going to do Chris Paul, I would say run it back a year, and if it doesn't work, try to go to the Lakers or try to go to an NBA contending team that you actually want to go to and you want to be able to ring chase it for one year and win it because it's all going to come down. I believe Chris Paul resigns with the Suns, but here's the thing. When does age and injuries play effect into it, play a role into it? Now, it also can be something, but the future Chris Paul lies in the hands of Chris Paul. I remember it's not a team option. It's a player option. The team can only be standby right now until they hear more from Chris Paul or they're able to negotiate with Chris Paul and say, we can run it back, we can run it back, we just need you. But also, it comes down to this also. So, they're on standby for Chris Paul, but not for DeAndre Ann and Mikel Bridges. Look, Mikel Bridges, to give the contract extension... 
to give the rookie extension, I would give it to Mikel Bridges, not DeAndre. And I, I know that pains people right now to listen to that. But Mikel has proven himself more than DeAndre in the finals in this in some moments in the postseason. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mikel is still developing like the like DeAndre and I get that. But DeAndre could be making over four years or five years, however long it could be, a hundred and sixty eight million dollars. Is he worth that? I don't think so. This is his first good season that he's able to actually put together in regular season and postseason. Last last season, 2019 season, you could say, well, he had 18 points, 11 rebounds. But he only played 38 games, and he had a pet suspension for 25 games because he he got busted for um, illegal substances that went against their policies. But so that 25-game suspension also played a role in why he had high numbers, Right. But when you think about it, when he played 69 games this or 71 games, 2018, he had 16 points and 10 rebounds and to almost two assists. Now, in 2020, two years later, you see he played two less games than the 71, but only had 14 points, better field percentage, right, 10 rebounds, but one assist. Look, I get it, but still, let's move away from statistics right now. Let's just look on how he helped this team. And I'm not doubting that DeAndre has not been a factor in the Phoenix Suns offense for that entire team, right? He had the value oop. He had some critical plays, especially against the Denver Nuggets, especially against the Clippers when Devin Booker, Chris Paul was not feeling it. He came through in the clutch, but is he worth 168 million over a four to five year span? To be honest, no, I don't believe he's worth that much. If you were talking about 140, 130, sure, I'll give it to him all the time. But you have to be wise about cap space because it's your because Mikel Bridges is easy. Mikel's always going to be that good defender, developing defender. Great shooter from the three-point area. He's able to sing free throws. He's able to hit good shots. And his ability to slash and dash and able to get to the rim is amazing. I truly think that you should sign him. And it would be a mistake if you did not re-sign Mikel Bridges. But for DeAndre, it's a head-scratcher. It's a critical thought process. Like, what do you do? Do you go through this or do you not? And that's where you like have to say, where do we draw the line? Why is DeAndre Aiden physically cowarding? Why is he not bodying up on bigger guys or guys his size? DeAndre Aiden can't even physically grip a ball anymore. He's just patting it or he just can't get good hands on it because he's creating turnovers for himself. Because he's not able to hold the ball on. He can't hold the ball. Especially in the paint. He's more scared. He's taking more fadeaways than he is going up straight with it. 
going up strong with it, trying to throw it down, try to get contact, whether that be defensively or offensively, to contest shots, to hit contested shots, to get through tough defense. He cowered out in the NBA Finals. That's what it came down to. Uh, it's that simple. He did not play physical. The, he did not play like a traditional center. He played like... I don't know what he played like, but he did not play good. Brooklyn has dominated him. Jan has dominated him. Bobby Porter's dominated him. Even Chris Milton, Drew Holiday, you name him. You just, he did not have the intensity that we saw in different postseason uh, series. Now, he gave us the NBA Finals, but still, you would expect a more, but is one great season, let's just take it as a whole, is one great season, is one great improvement season enough to convince the Phoenix Suns to give them that lengthy and huge and cap space hurting contract? How much are they willing to pay? How much is Sarver willing to uh, um, belly up for Aiden? How much they actually value Aiden? Now, if you're talking like 121, 31, 40 over four to five years for that that contract extension, sure. I would do that in a heartbeat. Because DeAndre is good, I believe Chris Paul's uh, leadership and Miles Williams' expertise and coaching abilities can transfer down to DeAndre Ain because when Miles Williams gave DeAndre Ain that pep talk in that one postseason game, I can't remember when, I believe it was during the Clippers series, he played much better. It wasn't against Milwaukee, it was someone. It was someone in the past two series. DeAndre Ain can play well, but he needs to start acting like it. He has the height. He has the size. And sometimes they don't fit the ball enough. Yes, I, I can agree with that. But still, defensively, he he's just a liability in the paint because he's not playing physical. And he'd rather get cheap fouls out of it. Right? And offensively, he's not going up strong with it. He's trying to take those hook shots, jump like fadeaways, and jump shots, and going outside the wing, going by the wing, and trying to hit wing shots when he can't do that. It's not his game. Inside's supposed to be his game. So, I don't know. Is one good season, is one good improvement season enough to convince the Phoenix Suns? I don't know. But then that raises questions on where DeAndre will go next. Where will the first overall pick go next if it's not the Phoenix Suns? I truly don't know. Then what would the Phoenix Suns do at center? Who would they draft or at the very least sign in for agency? You have Tory Craig, yes. You have Sargent, yes. You have Craig, yes. But you need someone more than that. You need an actual center. You need a center that will help clear up, that will be a uh, rim protector, that will fill the gaps when needed, that can play a solid lockdown coverage in the paint. Truly, that's what we need. And if I'm the Suns, I give the contract to Bridges and maybe and I'm torn. But I don't believe one good season could define whether or not you give him a contract. Now, if he was playing back-to-back seasons and improving and getting better, sure. But with suspensions and just limited game time, it's like, okay, um, one good season... 
We got to see what he could do during the postseason, but is that it? And it's going to be tough for the Phoenix Suns. So they're on standby with Chris Paul, but with Bridges and Aim coming with their, contra- with their rookie contract extensions, what do you do? And only time will tell for the Phoenix Suns. Truly. We could speculate on this all we want, but it comes down to what ownership, what the front office is actually thinking, and what they're actually trying to process in their mind. And let me just say this real quick. Um, take out all the scenarios that could happen. If Chris Paul leaves, and let's say we get back DeAndre Ayn, and we have the addition of Jay Crowder, let's say it's it. Let's say the Suns could not do anything else. Let's just say that's it, and we get a mediocre point guard. What's the difference between the 2018 season and the upcoming season that happens? With the addition of Jay Crowder, that's it. So if we roll with that roster, not saying we are and we aren't, but it's interesting. Like, what fundamental difference I'm making? Because Jake Crowder, all respect to him, is not going to make a huge difference as a sixth man. It's not like he's trying to revive his career like Derrick Rose. He knows the shots he's able to take, and he knows the limitations he has and how he can break those limitations. Yes, but still, it's scary when you think about it. If Chris Paul leaves, how would the Suns be? Without, with the addition of Jay Crowder, they may be below 50 games, or they may not even make the postseason, or they could make the postseason for the playing tournament. Those are all valid questions to be answered and just to ponder upon, right? But it's interesting what the Phoenix Suns can do. It's going to be interesting how they regroup themselves with big money decisions, with nervousness coming into effect about what Chris Paul would do. Will he want to be back with his family in LA and be with his best friend? Will he want to keep being in Phoenix and try to focus on basketball only? It truly is going to be an interesting decision. We'll keep talking about it. We'll be back here Friday morning at 8 in the morning at 8 a.m. Arizona time. Don't miss it. Drive on into work, listening to us, listen to our older podcast episodes throughout the past few days. This is exciting, and I cannot wait for you guys to uh, just share your thoughts on this because this is crazy. This is crazy. This changes everything if Chris Paul leaves and if DeAndre leaves. It changes the entire outlook of this team. True, and I, I truly believe that. I believe Mikel Bridges is selected to be re-signed. I believe that's the easy choice to make. But when it comes down to Chris Paul and DeAndre it comes down to the final wire and their decision and Paul's decision. As always, we'll start covering the NBA Draft Monday morning. We'll keep covering breaking news on social media, on the website, on the podcast, of course. And with that being said, seeing you guys for tuning in, seeing you guys for listening, whether you're new listeners or reoccurring listeners, I just love our love what Courts Heat does. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope that you continue to as we're going to be jumping into the offseason more, jumping into free agency, jumping into the draft on July 29th. And that's that's a week away. That is exactly a week away. So, basically, 
in 10 hours in a week away. So basically, 10 hours, if the draft was happening tonight, it would be 10 hours away. But in a week, we'll get to that part and we'll talk about it. My draft uh, predictions will be coming out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of um, next week. It's going to be, I'm sorry, yeah, uh, yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, maybe even Monday. Just trying to tweak everything out, trying to keep it going. It's going to be interesting. Can I predict it like I did for some of the draft picks in last year's draft? Who knows? It's going to be exciting. See you guys again for watching. We'll see you here Friday morning, 8 a.m. Catch us, rewatch some of the old podcast episodes to relive from our thought process and how we broke down the NBA Finals and just upcoming situations in the offseason for different teams. It truly is going to be amazing. While the Suns are not in the NBA Finals, stresses still continue over with financial and front office decisions. It's going to be very crazy, very chaotic, but we'll see you guys on the next podcast episode tomorrow morning. And until then, we will see you guys there. Have a great day, and I would say rally the valley, but this time I'm going to say we are the valley. Rally the valley. See what the Suns can do within upcoming weeks, what Chris Paul can do. It's truly going to be amazing, and we just got to hope and pray that the Phoenix Suns can come away with the right outcomes to hopefully help them in their decision-making in this offseason, getting past the hurdles Chris Paul and the rookie extensions. It's going to be interesting, but those are the top two things that need to be uh, resorted and needs to be resolved in this offseason for the Suns. And nothing else matters to Phoenix Suns besides those two main objections, objectives. But besides that, we are gold. Seeing guys for listening. We'll see you Friday morning back on the Courts of Heat podcast at a.m. At 8 a.m. We're able to find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and then wherever else you get your podcast. We'll see you when. Uh, we'll see you next time, man. Hope to see the Suns again in the postseason NBA Finals. It was awesome to cover it, and we'll see you guys Friday.